The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Show. I'm your host, Nick Gregorides, speaking to you from a very sunny Los Angeles. Hope that you guys are all doing fantastically well. And uh, I've got a very cool guest for you today, something a little bit more out there, a little bit more esoteric than our usual um, subjects and guests. But I do believe there's a lot of value in the topic that the guest is presenting. And I think you guys are going to find it, at the very least, very interesting and probably very valuable too. As usual, before we dive into the interview, I'd like to ask you guys to leave a review for the show on iTunes. It really helps. And if you've read my book, Aligned, Modern Man's Guide to Health, Wealth, and Freedom, and you enjoyed it, please head on over to Amazon and leave a review. Remember, you can get a free copy of that book at liberationmentor.com forward slash book. Finally, I encourage you guys to try out my nootropic formula, the best damn nootropic formula, also known as BDNF. And you can get a bottle of that if you head on over to 100%, that's 100%.health. Use the coupon code podcast and you'll get 15% off your first order. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy the show. Let's dive right in. Hey, brothers, I'm with Noah Sibuliak, who is a consultant metaphysician, very well-spoken, intelligent, erudite, and learned man. I've had a conversation with him before, try to get that one recorded into a podcast, but we had a technical issue, so I'm so happy to have him back to share his wisdom once again. Thank you so much for being on the show, Noah. Thank you, Nick. It's my pleasure to be back, and I'm excited for this one today. So um, I'll start with a pun. What is on the cards for us today? <laughs> yeah, so today I want to talk to you about uh, tarot cards, about the tarot and how the tarot can be used in the lives of everyday men. It's, it's been a passion of mine for almost 20 years now, not just a passion, but also a daily practice. And I think that um, the tarot has a real place in, in the lives of everyday men. So I'd love to talk to you about that today. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by the subject because my, my very first spiritual mentor, who to this day is still one of my mentors, he worked with the tarot a lot. And I remember one of the, the snippets of information that he gave me about the tarot cards were that they are the oldest book in the world. It's actually a book that ultimately was placed into the format of cards, but it is quite literally the oldest book in the world. And it, it's my understanding that the tarot encapsulates or the suite of cards encapsulates pretty much the whole gamut of the human experience. Is that correct? Yeah, that's definitely one way to look at it. And I think there's real truth in that. Uh, the tarot symbolizes a journey, um, a journey from one state of consciousness to another. It's an archetypal alphabet. So anything that is archetypal is going to show you a movement in consciousness from one state to the next. And yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Okay. So I have a layman's knowledge of this subject, so please tell me where I'm uh, not clear, but it's, it's my um, understanding that 
when you have a tarot reading, a lot of people inaccurately perceive it to be this thing that's predicting your future, right? Or, or laying out a roadmap to your future. But it's, it was explained to me that it is in fact a series of symbols and archetypes, which are only supposed to spark something within your own mind. And so you are ultimately the, you're the teacher or, or you're the guru or you're the, the oracle that, that's actually being consulted. And the tarot is just providing a reflection back at you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the approach that I take to it. The way that I've come to use the tarot has been for a system of self-confrontation, really. So um, we all, as people, as men, have difficulties, have things that we have a hard time seeing or getting to the bottom of. And when we use a symbolic system like the tarot, basically what it does is it, it gives our psyche, our deep self, a chance to contextualize or, or put in in symbols visually in front of us these patterns that are going on so we have a kind of third way of interacting with ourselves the first being just how we are you know in our heads the second maybe if we're speaking or writing about it the tarot gives us this symbolic set of images to represent what's going on for each of us so it, it can be used to map out a kind of probabilistic, array of what we might expect to come in the future around a specific situation. It doesn't give us a absolute faded picture, you know, like this is going to happen. There's no way out that that's just, first of all, not very helpful. And second, I don't think really factually true of how this operates. I think that it can give probabilities and those probabilities exist anyways uh, because of the way that we behave. But if we become aware of something, we have the chance to shift those probabilities. So it can be used for, for all sorts of different things. Yeah, I really appreciate that sentiment that if we become aware of something, we can, we can start to shift it. One of my favorite expressions is that the, the first way to solve any uh, internal problem is to shine the light of conscious awareness of it. And I guess it could be the same thing could be said for any external problem as well. I was first made aware of the power of, of tarot readings when uh, a girlfriend of mine did a reading for me um, a while back. And mm. I remember there were, like the relationship wasn't going very well. And I could kind of like, I kind of knew that her and I weren't suited to each other, but I was repressing it. You know, when you know, you just know something yeah. in your mind. Like, I really believe that uh, like, beneath it all, we all have the answers. We just have to listen closely enough and, and you know the truth of the situation. And mm -hmm. I remember she did this reading for me and one of the cards just, it jumped out of me. It was like basically saying, yeah, you and this woman are not supposed to be together. <laughs> and I, again, I try to repress it. I was like, no, no, it's just my imagination. But it transpired that that was absolutely accurate. So Tell me a little bit about how you came to have this appreciation and respect and ultimately expertise with the tarot. Yeah, sure. So when I was a kid, basically, when I was about 11 years old, uh, I was given a deck of tarot cards. And for some reason, I had been interested in them. I think I had originally become interested in what I'll call divination as a very general term. When I first went to a stone circle in England called Avebury. And there's a little shop there that had little runes. And I was very interested in what these runes 
were. And I came to understand that they were also a system of divination. Then I found out about tarot cards. And so I've always been interested in trying to create a symbolic contextualization of what's going on both, you know, inside of me and in in other ways around me. And so since then I've used, I have the same deck that I was given when I was 11 years old. And yeah, I mean, basically through trial and error, through a lot of questions, through keeping track of like, I would write down what I received when I would ask a question and then see what the results were. And so kind of in an empirical way, kind of in a way that was like, not fully buying in, but wanting to see what are the results of this? What are, does this actually work? Um, and over time, you know, cause I was quite inquisitive when I was that age uh, through my teens and stuff. And it just kind of stuck beside me as almost like a, a right-hand man or a tool to, to helping me make my decisions, getting closer to the truth of the situation, whatever it was. So it's just been this lifelong kind of fascination for me. Okay. So I like to consider myself a very open-minded person. I've had some profoundly out there experiences that make me pretty certain that we are living in a universe that has a lot more to it than meets the eye, right? There's there's dimensions of which we have very little understanding and awareness and there's things far beyond the ability of science to explain and you know, I'm firmly of that perspective. However, I'm also inherently very skeptical because I have seen during my journey a vast amount of spiritual garbage <laughs> um, and metaphysical garbage. You know, I've seen con men and con women and, you know, like just total fakery and stuff that's just clearly out there to get to separate people from their money and has no inherent value whatsoever. Now, Having said that, I have chatted to you for probably in total a couple of hours, and I am also pretty certain that you are one of the good ones, one of the 0.001% of uh, (laughs) people working within metaphysical uh, circles who is honest and has an ability. However, having said that, I still remain skeptical. And what I would ask of you is, can you give myself and the listeners some practical examples of and, and I mean, seriously practical of how you, because that's what men really want. Men are problem solvers. We want to figure out a, the best, most efficient way to move through the world and acquire resources and yeah. get what we want and help our loved ones and, and be the best versions of ourselves. So could you maybe give me some examples of where you've used the tarot and seen unequivocal, undoubtable results from it? Sure thing. So the first thing I would say is if you're skeptical, that's great because that's the, the, that's the way that you make this tool actually work is through a kind of uh, analytical mind. Uh, It's really a combination of your analytical and your right brain mind that the tarot allows us to, to put together. So in my own life, I ask questions all the time that are specifically directed towards the types of things that you're talking about. How could I increase my earning power? What is at the heart of this situation that keeps repeating? What do I need to know about this relationship that feels a bit off? All these kinds of, you know, very real world situations. Recently, um, I asked a question about if I should, you know, this might sound really mundane, but should I upgrade my computer? Would this be a good time to do this? Uh, You know, I'm thinking about upgrading my computer for work purposes. I've had one that's been on and off for the past little bit. 
is now, is now a good time. What would be the result of that if I did that? And, uh, I was given an answer. And so there's a, a certain way that you could say, well, where's that answer coming from? Is that like some weird, you know, source in the sky or some place that it's like, okay, why would I trust that? I think that I'm tapping into something inside of myself that is a little bit harder to access on an everyday level. Like, um, you know, cause oftentimes we're just in our heads, man, we're just thinking about the next logical step. And sometimes it's like, we can't overcome a certain amount of uncertainty just with that. So, yeah. And then another thing I would say is, so if guys are skeptical or wondering about this, just try it, just try it for yourself, pick up a, a deck of cards and ask questions and track what you get, track your kind of conclusions or what you think is the, is being answered and t- test drive it. This isn't about going to a tarot reader or, you know, deferring your kind of ability to somebody else. It's about beginning a relationship with a different part of you, uh, the right brained part of you, the side of you that may be less evident from day to day. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, Yeah, it kind of does. I guess (laughs) that brings up a subsequent question, which is what was the specific answer you were given about the computer? The specific answer. I mean, so it's hard to, because basically I'm getting symbols, right? I'm getting Mm -hmm. cards. So there are certain cards in the deck that are more affirmative than others. And because I've worked with it for a long time, I know which ones those are, but also they're fairly evident when you're just looking at the picture, things are flowing more in certain images in the tarot than others. And so in this case, it was very stark. It was like, well, you could wait. It's probably not going to be what you want and it will slow you down basically is what the answer was. Whereas if you invest now, if you put your chips in, then that's a certain investment that you'll need to make room for but also it will increase your ability to do your work and uh, ultimately your earning power as well. So it was very clear to me. And I mean, I've got lots of other examples in my kind of readings log that I could refer to as well. Sure. I, I think, I mean, I'd love to hear some of them. I absolutely love this stuff because again, I'm a believer in the potential, but I, you know, real world examples are, are what, it helps cement that belief, right? It'll help me, like, it helps allay some of my fears and skepticisms when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I'm sure it's the same for the guys listening. So yeah. maybe if you could give us an anonymous example of one of the men that you've worked with or another one from your own experience, I think, I mean, we'd all, we'd all appreciate that. Sure. So here's another example. So somebody I was working with is asking about why am I not making the money I want to in my business? Okay. So that's, that's a pretty straight up question. The answer that came back was, and again, I'm looking at symbols. I'm looking at, this is where we're talking right now. So it's not like I can show cards, right? But I'm looking at images that are speaking to me in a way that tells a story around something. So in this case, the story that was being told was you are not on the same page with yourself. You are rushing in towards a bunch of activities. You're basically acting like a, uh, a chicken with its head cut off in relation to your business. You are not taking adequate time to assess 
from a distance, what would be the actual things that would move your business forward and create more cash flow? And instead, you're just doing what you think you should in this kind of reactive way from moment to moment. And that really hit home. Uh, as well, there was another flip side to it, which was that not only are you doing that, but you're also waiting in a sort of sense to see when that approach is actually going to make something happen. So you're very active, but you're also very passive. Uh, and the advice from that was you need to both step back and inhabit who the kind of person would be if, if you were successful in your business, what would be the actions that you would be taking? Really taking time to think about if you were already the person who you wanted to be in relation to your business, the, obviously the actions that you would be taking would be completely different from the ones that you're taking now. Otherwise you wouldn't be asking this question. And so that was like a real reality check for this client of mine to start to think about, okay, so um, it's not just, you know, blind, bad luck that's causing me to not be succeeding in my business. It's because I'm chasing my own tail going in circles while expecting something to happen. So that's the kind of question that these images can, can give us a sense of. Sure. So, I mean, I appreciate that again, the the advice you you've given or the advice that the, the tarot brought up for him is, to be fair, pretty standard advice for struggling entrepreneurs in the initial phase. I'm not saying that you were just cold reading the guy because I, I really know that that's not the kind of person you are. And I, I really believe that that's the message that you um, inferred from the cards. But um, mm. I'm kind of looking, maybe I'm looking for something that doesn't exist, which is like the guy asks a question, when am I going to find the right woman and a card comes up showing a woman in a red dress. And that <laughs> day he goes to Starbucks and there's a woman in a red dress. Who <laughs> gives him a, you know what I mean? Like, is there anything yeah, like yeah. that that you can think of? I think that that is not what the tarot does. I think you're talking about going to like a genuine psychic or something like that, which is again, okay. a question of like, I, that's not the realm that I inhabit. I'm trying to, I'm, what I'm trying to do with tarot cards is give myself or a client a real reflection of a situation that's going on. The tarot is not going to show a woman in a red dress at Starbucks. And even the question, when am I going to meet the woman of my dreams, you know, per se, is, is not the best type of question. That is, a, uh, that is not setting you up uh, in your power. That's, that's putting you in a place. And that's one issue I really have with, you know, psychics and tarot cards and the, you know, the tropes that we hear about. It's like, when am I going to be famous? When am I going to meet the woman of my dreams? It's all kind of just like, meh, meh, like, <laughs> like, what about you? You know, a better question would be, what do I have to know about myself to, in order to attract and create the opportunity to meet the person who I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. What, what do I need to know about this? Where would this woman be? What type of woman would be best for me? What do I need to work on in myself before that happens? All that kind of actual genuine uh, introspection and reflection is going to be a better question for this type of work than when is this going to happen? When will it just fall in my lap? Because that, that, that doesn't sound to me like, a question that an empowered guy would ask. Yeah, you know? that's a that's a very interesting and I believe accurate observation as well. You know, in in my in my book, I always um, I dedicated a whole chapter to this perspective of mine, which is that the world is a mirror that is constantly reflecting who you are. That's right. 
back at you. And um, strangely enough, I was just working with a, a client the other day and he was, he was saying to me when he works with his own clients in his business, he, he has this constant fear, like, is the client thinking, can I trust this guy? And is this a waste of money? And so what mm. I said to him was the more important question that is beneath this is, can you trust yourself? And do yeah. you believe that you're worth the money? But yeah. it's, it's kind of a similar perspective to what you've just described now, which is that instead of looking for these answers, again, the, the example that I gave was disempowered and looking for the answer outside yourself as opposed to finding it within. Yeah. And, and also just not waiting like it, that kind of question really kind of reveals a, like, when is this going to happen to me? This isn't in my control or obviously not all of life is, but taking ownership and responsibility should be how you approach this kind of question asking rather than just waiting for something to fall in your lap and getting disappointed if it doesn't. That is, I think the, the real shift or one of the, the hallmarks of when you really shift from being a child to an adult is yeah. total responsibility. And I'm not just talking about responsibility for paying your rent or your, your bills or whatever it might be and then moving out of the home with mom, from your parents. It's this idea that you know you are responsible for your experience in this world or at the very least your reaction to and perception of your experience. And um, I, I've noticed that that is actually something that's in quite short supply amongst modern men. Yeah, that also sort of worries me mm. because we, we're all sort of, some, some of us are just waiting for things to get better by themselves. That's another thing that really bothers me about the 99% of you know, metaphysics, if you will. When will this improve? by itself. You know, when will I make more money? When will I meet the right person? When will, whatever it is. And that, that stuff makes me nauseated because that's not how we're supposed to use these tools. These are supposed to be tools that help us to reflect back to us, our responsibility, and then show us what you rightly noted are sometimes extremely obvious answers. Like, yeah, you do need to step back and act as though you were already the owner and operator of a successful business. Well, that does sound pretty, you know, trite almost. But the fact is, if we're not adults already or able to take responsibility, that type of answer won't even be available to us for us to take in. So you're absolutely right. This adulthood and stepping into responsibility is almost a prerequisite to working with these tools. Yeah, it comes back to this idea of, I mentioned a little bit earlier, which is that ultimately we all know, like if you, if you look at a situation and you're brutally honest with yourself, you know, like that guy, if, if you sat him down, even without the tarot and he presented that same question, you could get to a point, I'm sure with him and just say to him, my man, you know exactly why your business isn't working. You know, like you're just, you're hiding from the reality of the situation. You, you know, you're dressing it up, but like, I remember it was with my um, my very first like girlfriend, my high school sweetheart. Like, I I knew that her and I were supposed to break up, but I kept trying to hide it and hide it from myself and not face it. And then eventually, it starts expressing itself in in very negative ways. 
So I guess the the confirmation, sorry, the the tarot can just be used as a confirmation of internal knowledge or like a, a guide to unveiling that internal knowledge. Yeah, I mean, but it's not enough just to know, like you just you mentioned in terms of. Well, yeah, it's not enough just to know in one sense of the word, which is like, I don't know, maybe like in a logical way. There's there's more complicated dynamics in this example I'm about to give, but people know, people who are overweight, people who are unhealthy, probably know that there are different ways of eating or exercising that would help them, you know, deal with what's going on for them. But it's not enough to know. You have to actually be able to follow through. And what the tarot does is kind of nudges you with images. It kind of gets into your psyche in a different way. That's like, you you already know, and here's all the stuff that kind of is around this, that like sometimes it speaks in a very dramatic way or it shows images that are very dramatic. It sort of creates hyperbole so you can act in a different way or it helps you to know in a different way, in a more intuitive, right brain type of way. You know, the tarot doesn't take action for you either. So it's a process, but the more that you're in tune with a different way of knowing, I suppose, I think that that helps you to start to identify what those actions are and take them. But again, it goes back to what you mentioned is just this adulthood, this um, taking responsibility. And um, that, that is another process altogether, I think. Yeah. My mentor, uh, Rocco Jarman, a very mm. frequent guest of the show, he always says, no one else is coming. That's his yeah. tagline. And uh, it's, it really is the truth, right? And that's, you know, it's kind of scary at first, but then it's ultimately liberating because you realize this is your trip and this is your video game. This is your human simulator that you're experiencing and uh, you're in control of the ride or to a large degree in control of the ride. Exactly. So a couple of other things I wanted to talk to you about. So I heard something a long time ago, which I always found fascinating, which is that if the tarot deck, which is how many cards usually? 78. 78. Okay. So if the tarot deck cards could be ranked in a hierarchy, which they can't, I know they're all special and unique and have their own messages, but if they could be the most powerful one of all would be the fool. And Hmm. I found that fascinating because I guess, you know, we're trained from a young age to associate foolishness with, it has many negative connotations, right? But apparently the fool in the tarot deck is generally a very positive card. Could you explain to me if there's any truth to that, to what I've just described? And if not, like maybe illuminate the, the idea of the fool card a little bit more, please. Sure. So it all depends on context. In terms of cards being powerful or good or bad, it all depends on the context in which they show up, the question that's being asked. In some cases, the energy that the fool represents, which uh, just very generally can mean having an open mind, being willing to step out into the unknown, being willing to, to try new things, to be curious, to expand beyond your previous comfort zones, etc. That can be very helpful in certain situations. Um, and so if a person's asking about what should my approach be to my spiritual life, just as a weird example, I don't know. And they get the fool, then that's kind of like, now's the time for exploration. Now's the time for 
open-mindedness, for curiosity, for expanding boundaries, for trying new things. Okay, sweet. Whereas if you're like, what's going on in my relationship and you get the fool, well, I mean, you probably are acting like a fool perhaps, or there's some element of you that's caught up in a kind of behavior that is less mature or less ideal for the type of relationship you really want. It's really contextual. So I wouldn't say that there's a card that's more powerful or more positive than any other. It's really depends on what's going on in the exact situation you're inquiring about to say a bit more about the fool. The fool is a powerful card in the sense that it is, it's both the first card and the last card in a sequence called the major arcana or the Trump cards. And so it's rated zero. It's kind of pure potentiality. It's this state of, uh, you know, carte blanche, this state of like anything could happen and spontaneity. It, it kind of has to do with that, that sense of, you know, almost callow youth, like this, w- whatever you have on the horizon, it's limitless, but it can also refer to Peter Pan syndrome, stuff like that. I've seen it represent. So it's, it's really, what's interesting about these cards is they are these multivalent archetypal kind of what would be the word they're like they can take on different shapes or meanings depending on what you're asking about and that's their flexibility their archetypal flexibility is what makes them so attractive for these types of questions that are very different than a man might might have from time to time so what appeared in my mind while you were describing that is well, a question formed in my mind, which is that, you know, you've heard the expression or you've, you've heard people say when they ask you a question and you start to think about it, they say, what's the first thing that comes to mind, right? And that's usually the correct answer. So where, where my mind goes with that is with the tarot, would you want to, is it maybe not necessarily a good thing to dive into the, or to learn or study the cards because then you create a preconceived notion of what each one is supposed to mean or represent in your mind. Whereas if the card is just something relatively new to you and you have no previous associations or learnings regarding it, it will provide a more clear and pure connection to what it strikes or what it sparks in your subconscious. Yeah, I I agree with that. There's a common phrase amongst people who are more into tarot and it's read the damn cards. And that is to say, just look at what's on the card and, and look at, look, actually look at it. What is the story that's being told? What is the movement? What is the, your interaction with this symbol or this image say to you most immediately about the situation you're inquiring about? So you can go and look up the meanings, quote unquote. And I think that over time, there have come to be associated with each card meanings that are on point from time to time. But really what's most immediate is the sense, the mouthfeel, if you will, that you get from receiving a specific card and the image that's associated with it to your question. So yeah, I agree with like just running off of your immediate felt sense that you get and then perhaps looking for meanings after that that are predetermined, if you will. So uh, one of the guys listening once, I mean, he's intrigued by what you've just shared with us and he sees the potential for value within this and he wants to get involved or he wants to try it out. So he's got a couple of options. He can work with someone like you and, and I'll get your, your information for them to check out your, your website and everything at the end. But 
another option is he goes on Amazon and he orders a set of tarot cards. Like, let's say he chooses option two. Obviously, it's it's not quite as simple as I'm trying to make it. But if he just wants to use them once a month or whatever, just for a quick like bit of clarity or insight, what's the best way to do that in your opinion? Yeah, so I think that the first is obviously getting a tarot deck. The most popular common is called the Rider Waite Smith Tarot. You know, and that's probably if guys have a vision of the tarot in their heads, that's probably the deck that they're associating. Uh, I don't really like that deck. It's kind of gauche to me. There's other decks that speak, I think, more clearly for for men. One's called the Fountain Tarot. It's pretty neutral. I use a deck called Tarot of the New Vision, which is basically the Rider-Waite-Smith from the opposing view. So it's kind of cool. So getting a deck is step one. And then basically asking yourself or coming up with a list of the types of questions that have been bothering you, the types of questions that you've been rolling around in your head, that you've been journaling about, that you've been asking or talking to your friends about, the things that are really nagging you. Write those questions down and begin a a divination log, if you will, or, or a part in your journal, or I use a program called Notion, where I have these questions that I have for myself. And then I take a photo of whatever spread that I do. Just start with three cards. Three cards will give you usually enough to run on. And take a photo of that and write down your initial thoughts, write down what you feel the answer could be for this. And let it kind of sit there. Keep the keep the cards out. If you're asking a question, keep the cards out for a few days afterward. And let it kind of just hang around as, as an answer while you low attention process this uh, these images that are there. And the way that you find out whether this has juice for you is just by giving it a try. A tarot deck is what, like $25. You can see if this is bullshit or if there's actually something that, you know, is being reflected from another part of you that's of use and come to your own conclusions. I think a lot of people who are skeptical of things like this for good reason, they've encountered a lot of, you know, like you said, a lot of bullshit. And the way to decide for once and for all is to give it a try for yourself and to see if there's anything in there that actually reflects a kind of meaning for your unique situation or question that you bring up. So that kind of just getting a deck, giving it a try, writing down what you find, taking photos of it, coming back to it, seeing if it's accurate one, three, six months later, and just kind of rinse and repeat would be what I'd say. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's something I'm going to do for sure. So it's been very illuminating speaking with you now, and I've really appreciated it. I know there are going to be some of the guys listening to this call uh, who want to get in touch with you and maybe work with you. What's the easiest way for them to do that? Yeah. So I have a course for men on this coming up starting in July. It's going to be four, four weeks on Zoom every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific. And we're just going to explore this as a group of guys. We're going to explore different ways that we can use the tarot for these types of questions we've been discussing. And we're going to help each other. We're going to have kind of like reading exchanges. There's going to be a place where people can interact off the calls. And uh, yeah, I just encourage guys to check that out. That's on my website, then a slash tarot. 
And there's other stuff on my website too there if, if guys are interested in other things I do. But really in terms of the tarot, it's an entry-level course. It's a hundred bucks, so Canadian. So I think that's pretty accessible for most guys. And um, yeah, I'd love to see see some of you out there because we already have quite a few signed up and I think it's going to be a good chance for for brothers to kind of just interact with this tool in a different way and a more masculine way and <laughs> get rid of some of those tropes like you know I think a lot of guys associate the tarot yeah old gypsy old gypsy exactly. lady at the exactly. or thing. like yeah. millennial yeah. <laughs> Instagram witches or whatever it is it's just like okay yeah. thank you very much <laughs> yeah so that's what I would say check it out check the course out cool it could be helpful no thank you so much brother really appreciate your time yeah thank you so much Nick it was great to talk to you again and thank you for the opportunity I bet that's not what you guys expected to hear on the show. Or maybe it is, I'm not sure. Either way, I found that profoundly illuminating. And more importantly, or just as importantly, Noah really seems like someone who is trustworthy and connected. As I discussed during the episode, there is so much garbage in the metaphysical world and the spiritual world. I don't even like using that, that term spiritual because it's been hijacked by a bunch of pretty gimpy people, to be honest. People who can't hack it in the real world. And unfortunately, they've given it a bad name. However, there is still value and truth in some of the things out there. And I think Tarot is one of them. And I think Noah is one of the people who would be able to guide you through the use of that tool if it was something that, or if it's something that interests you. So please support him. He's the kind of guy we are all aiming to be. Someone who's in business for himself, who's following his own path, walking his own walk, and is open and heart-centered. So thanks guys once again for listening, and we'll be back in a week with another great episode. Until then, keep the faith.